keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast's huge show this week, the roast of Kurt Angle. Uh, we got Chris Kubas back in the show. How you doing, Chris? Good, good. Thank Popped you a few doing. Percocet. I'm ready for the roast. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the only way to, the only way to do it. Um, some patriotic Percocet. Some patriotic <laughs> Percocet. Red, white, and blue pills. Uh, just to uh, just to let you guys know, some roasts coming up. We're doing Lita next week, Booker T the week after, Lex Luger, uh, and then Mike. Take it away. We have our we have our roast scheduled to the end of September. Yeah, that's right. So August sixth, park your wheelchairs. We've got Lex Luger. Hey uh, August thirteenth, um, bury your dead. We have British Bulldog. <laughs> August 20th, take more pills. We've got The Rock, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson himself. Oh, I thought August. it was Don Morocco. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I don't think the, I don't think pills when I think The Rock. I think I think injections of some kind. Um, <laughs> August 27th, uh, the nerds are going to have their revenge. We have Bradshaw. Uh, <laughs> Man, hopefully we get meaty on that episode. September 3rd, the nerds won't know what we're talking about. We have Lawrence Taylor. Hey, now. Uh, September 10th, the Bella Twins. September 17th, the earth may be flat, but this roast will not be AJ Styles. <laughs> and September 24th, if he is alive at this point, we don't know, the Honky Tonk Man. Greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. He looked pretty Rock and good. Roll never dies, dude. Come on. Don't you know this? <laughs> he looked like uh, Grizzly uh, Adams the last time I saw a picture of him. Not Grizzly Smith. Bet better than Grizzly Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's just uh, get through our Patreon schedule. You can hide some of Grizzly Smith's secrets in Honky Tonk Man's facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh for patreon schedule um we've got uh july 19th uh this this week so this monday we're going to be reviewing money in the bank july 26th we're going to be reviewing no mercy 2005 robert was on the creative team august 2nd the roast of billy corgan so it's going to be our first half comedy half rock and roll roast august 9th we're off august 16th wrestling's dumbest criminals august 23rd SummerSlam. august 30th the roast of Vince Russo and uh, the reverse battle royal at TNA. Although, man, there are way worse things than Vince did in TNA. Also, for a ten dollars tier, we did uh, we did Raw this week with uh, Mr. Ray Goot. I I also had just recorded a Fighter Fest episode. Next week, we're going to be doing Fighter Fest Part Two. So uh, so check it out. And I think Rob's also going to be doing um the raw money in the bank I, I may jump on that too so uh let's start out with the bright side of the ring 
Chris, is the last time uh, you've done the show, we have a we have a, a little section up top where we talk about what we love about the person we're roasting. Like and it. in Kurt's case, the bright side could be an entire episode. You know, he's the most decorated athlete in professional wrestling history, two-time NCAA champion, Olympic gold medalist, IWGP champion, number one. Uh, on the PWI uh, 500, six-time TNA champ, wrestler of the decade and wrestling hall of fame for the Wrestling Observer, six-time WWE world champion, intercontinental, European, hardcore, United States, tag team champions, king of the ring, uh, WrestleMania main eventer, and in the WWE hall of fame. But the there is an argument award, to be said. The first few awards Dan announced were real and he earned <laughs> that <laughs> with hard work and uh, actual winning of uh, matches it's all real to me damn it and there is an <laughs> argument and before you know like I'll, I'll probably say some other stuff but i'll pass it to you guys but there is an argument to be made um that when you take in both his promos and matches he is the most complete professional wrestler of all time mike what do you think about kurt angle yeah, man, he fucking rules. Uh, I, you know, they have had a lot of legit athletes over the years, Olympians and things like that. But, uh, you know, they haven't, a lot of those guys haven't gotten the work rate part or the entertainment part. And Kurt nailed both. You know, he works as, He's amazing in that he can be a dorky heel that's still menacing and very few people can pull that off. Like, you know, cause like in a lot of ways there's, there's parts of the Kurt Angle character that are like the Miz, but with Kurt, he could pull them straps down and he's going to fuck you up. Like there's like a legitimacy mm-hmm. there, you know, he even says it in intensity. Um, yeah. One of the best promo guys. I, I look at him. Yeah. Like similar to a Chris Jericho of that guy that, Whatever you give him, he makes it work. The fact that when he started in, what, late 99, and by, like, 2001, 2002, they were using him to build new stars and carry people and shit like that is is pretty incredible. Um, you know, his matches with Samoa Joe and TNA, uh, the other nine years in TNA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going like, to say, one of the the nicest things you can say about that man is he occasionally made me watch TNA in the yeah. mid-2000s. I would go over for him. So that, that Yeah, that's Chris, that. are you, you a big Kurt Angle guy? Huge Kurt Angle guy. Um, he, ha- he was, like you said, I don't know of another person that could pull off being as funny and as legitimate as Kurt Angle. Like yeah. his stuff with uh, Stone Cold when he was doing like the little cowboy hat gimmick, all that stuff is genuinely funny, but then he would also have the best match on the card. He was just fantastic. Um, he's also somebody that you could show like kind of like you could show non-wrestling fans Kurt Angle stuff and you could show you can show him like the comedy segments and whatnot and they'd get a laugh and then you could show him like that Shane McMahon street fight and get the holy shit what am i looking at like appeal of it all so yeah i'm a huge Angle fan and the best the prettiest top of a cage moonsault of all time unbelievable yeah. unbelievable scott i i know you like kurt angle is he is he in your uh, top 10 you think uh, i mean okay so everything you guys said but since i like uh I'll just I'll even go a little further. I think he's uh, the funniest wrestler ever. I mean, like comedic performer. I don't mean like, 
he's saying funny things. I, I don't know who that is, but like performing comedically, Kurt Angle is like fucking fez he's like like if people <laughs> liked wrestling they'd be like oh that corny kurt angle gimmick it, he's like white carlton there, like there's something really <laughs> special about that character yeah you know? mm-hmm. and i know carlton is just white black guy i don't i don't know mm-hmm. what's going i don't know what that is but you know like it's i think it's perfect i think him as a comedy act is it's the best comedy act wrestling ever had and i think when he's angry i look there's better angry wrestlers but in a moment who looks more legit than Kurt Angle ever when he's angry? Nobody, not even Stone Cold, like nobody. Okay, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar. But I think Angle plays off angry better than Brock Lesnar. I think Angle talks shit better than Brock. When he's screaming, I'm going to break your ankle. Like the ankle lock changed the game because of course his matches are going to be amazing. He's going to possibly get you in his finisher every second of the match. Like you're invested. You love it. And uh, he's got some of my favorite matches, some of my favorite feuds always the best match on the card and HBK versus angle was my favorite match for the longest time. Uh, so yeah, just like, I mean, there's a million things. I thought the milk truck thing, not only was it, Oh, this is funny. Like, I mean, it worked so well. It wasn't just funny. It was badass, man. When, when you sat there and he did that, you were cheering for him. You weren't just laughing. You were like, yeah, go get him, go kick stone cold's ass, which I think a lot of people forget is that he was this cornball that like, Dude, that you suck thing. I mean, Kurt Angle does not suck, but you just sit there chanting, you suck smiling. And it's like, the, it's dude, it, it, there's just nothing better. It's pro wrestling, man. It's it, it's pro wrestling. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's but, only, I think this is one of the most impressive things of guys of his era. One of the only people to make the what chant work. Like, yeah, man. because he would legitimately be flabbergasted by it and in character be upset but not like actually mad. <laughs> yeah. And also actually be able to time his responses to get the laugh on the pause. Like he actually has comedic timing to make those moments work a hundred percent. And it's like, people go, Oh, he's like Bret Hart. And it's like, well, I mean, obviously personality wise, he's not. Cause he's like, he's firing off on all cylinders. You know? and he's he's like be- Bret Hart. I think he's a better yeah, wrestler like, than Bret. He's like Bret Hart. If Canada had American entertainment, you know, like if he, <laughs> if he grew up with some good shit, you know, I think he's better in the ring than Bret, man. And I think Bret's great in the ring, but I think angles, I think tough. angles better in the ring than everybody. Yeah. 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 He, you know, Bret's kids in the hall and Kurt isn't living color. Like, you know, actually funny. <laughs> hey, kids. In the hall was good. Man, um, man. Man, no, I'm not trying to get a job from any of those guys. <laughs> uh, Robert, uh, Robert, uh, you worked with Kurt. You got the Kurt Angle book. Uh, what is your opinion of Kurt Angle? Uh, Kurt Angle is top five best wrestler of all time. He's one of the most complete packages that there is. He is, for in wrestling world, a four-quadrant star. He is a top baby face. He is a top heel. He is a top serious act. He is a top comedy act. You can give him anything and put him in there with anyone, and he's going to make it not just good, but incredible. Uh, the, the legacy of Kurt Angle more than anything else, I think the comedy stuff is fantastic. When I was in high school, the, the you can dance and you can prance, but when it comes <laughs> to sexual relations, keep it in your pants. Holy shit, that was over with friends of mine that didn't watch wrestling. They knew that bit. They loved it. His stuff with Edge and Christian was great, but the guys that he made is really Kurt Angle's legacy. John Cena's first match, the Ruthless Aggression piece. His match against Brock Lesnar, his stuff with Edge, his stuff with Eddie Guerrero, his stuff with Mark Henry, 
Kurt Angle was the most selfless wrestler there was, and anyone you put him in there with was infinitely better. He put over Daniel Pewter even when he didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, fuck Daniel Pewter. Uh, His his Shawn Michaels feud, the match was incredible. The feud building up to it was some of his best work. Him bringing back Sherry and singing Shawn's theme. The match that he got out of Marty Jannetty was so good, they actually rehired Jannetty for a week uh, (laughs) until he Marty Jannetty did. Hey, Uh, this is supposed to be bright side, Robert. (laughs) he, He was good enough to elevate, you know, drugged out of his mind marty Janetti. he was a goofy comedy act and then 9-11 happened and they immediately switched him into main event patriotic baby face and it worked it didn't feel pandering the way that it really should have when he went to tna because i was in i was in wwe when kurt left and he went to tna and when he showed up and he had those first matches with samoa joe people in the wwe were shook they were legitimately scared. I've told this before where they were recording TNA pay-per-views in master control. So people, so people can go and watch them and see what Kurt was doing because he left because of a number of health reasons. He was not in the best shape when I last worked with him when he was in ECW. Um, and the idea was let him go, let him get better. He went to TNA, which was a questionable decision, but he was still able to over-deliver in the ring. Uh, one of the saddest things for me was he was going to be the cornerstone of the new ECW. It was going to be, he's the wrestling machine. He's under the care of Paul Heyman. He's going to do for that show, which was going to be essentially the NXT of its time. This is how you were going to introduce new people and put them in there with Kurt Angle. And you were going to have this badass roster of Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, a motivated big show, Rob Van Dam, CM Punk. And it was going to be an unparalleled show. It's kind of unfortunate. The, the one anecdote I will say, and this is why I feel bad for, for Kurt, um, because he's constantly this target, like he's, he's uh, the roadrunner. Um, he came into the writer's room. He, was, he, had, he, had toba- he had chewing tobacco in his mouth. He's spitting it into a cup. Briscoe comes in, sees him, immediately tries to take him down. It is this wily e. coyote roadrunner thing. No matter when it's, it's like, I'm going to get that bastard. And he tries <laughs> to take him down. And Kurt, while still holding the dip cup, locks him in a front face lock, puts him onto the ground. And it's just constant. All the old timers wanted to take their shot with Kurt because they know he's a legitimate badass and an Olympian. And he just kind of deals with it in good fun. There's the story of Vince wrestling him on the plane, on the plane ride from hell. It happens a lot. You're the guy everybody wants to test themselves against, and he didn't let it get to him. He's just kind of like, all right, I get it. it you you want to do this in the same way someone wants to try to see if they can take a punch from Mike Tyson. They're going to want to see if they can take down Kurt Angle. Do they, do they think it's like Mega Man where if they defeat him, they get his gold medal? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and this I mean, is him where he couldn't close his hands and he was still able to take these people down. Like his handshake was just a gnarled, like, grip. Oh, dude, it's Olymp- I mean, the Olympic matches, watching them on YouTube, and it's it's just goats butting heads. It's not, you know, they're not rolling around. They're just, like, grabbing each other and we'll just talk using about so that. much force. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah it's, it's really exciting. I mean, it was really exciting. And, and, and amateur wrestling can be very unexciting at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, also the last guy, and that's not saying, he's the last guy that WWE was able to steal from going into UFC. If UFC existed, we never would have had Kurt Angle. He would have been a huge star for Dana White. He would have made a gajillion dollars. He'd own his own island right now. 
Yeah. Um, just some stuff that maybe you guys didn't touch on, which, you know, the Jimmy crack corn performance with Austin was so great. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really funny together. I know like, you know, I know that like, you know, there was still money on the table, like left for Austin as a baby face, but they were really funny together. The three eyes, the, uh, the debut match promo gets overlooked a lot and it's excellent. I remember watching that live with my friends and being like, like, this is great. This is genius. It's also like McMahon's genius because, you know, like Angle has talked about it. He goes, they're all going to cheer me. And Vince is like, they're going to hate you. <laughs> uh, and uh, and, and it really Guerrero is. At 20 is one of my favorite matches of all time. I, I love it's, that match. Uh, he's he's an evil heel in it. His stuff with Eddie, like like squaring off before SummerSlam, was awesome. Well, uh, all that, Sma- that, that match like, with Mysterio at SummerSlam, Ooh. the early the early two yeah. thousands, like the what they call SmackDown Six era of SmackDown, that oh, whole yeah. run with him was just like all of that's amazing. Yeah, our him and Benoit at seventeen got you know we don't say his name, but fucking one of my favorite matches of all time on my fa- maybe my favorite match on my favorite WrestleMania of all time. Hey, I don't and even that- you know what. Oh, sorry. Go on, I just want to say his comeback, you know, okay, the GM stuff, all that shit. No good, no good, no good. Baron Corbin stuff, no good. But that Ronda Rousey match, that tag match is the best match that WrestleMania. Absolutely. And it might be one of my favorite WrestleMania matches ever. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and everybody in that match, you know. Oh, yeah, but that was all. Besides like but Stephanie, dang. but like him and Hunter and Ronda, I think. No, Stephanie was totally fine. I mean, she did great promos coming up to it. His match with Taker at No Way Out. I remember remember that was fantastic. I remember then watching the match with Mark Henry, and I was like, God damn it, why didn't they just go with Angle for this? Like, take the title off Angle just so you can have the Undertaker-Kurt Angle match. He was uh, uh, yeah. he was the champ in the in the six man hell, Armageddon Hell in a Cell and he and he won right yeah he won that night he won and... that his matches with AJ at TNA were really good yeah his matches versus Joe and great yeah I mean it's just like one banger after another it's it just just one of the most talented guys ever you know i don't know him personally but like i listen to his podcast with conrad and he's like confident but not at all egotistical you know he's not at all he's he's like every time he says something that's positive about himself you're like yeah i i look look just because i i will give one complaint just because i did realize now that he has a podcast on a network that we're also (laughs) a part of so i don't want people going oh fuck you guys is that like Sometimes he like he reveals too much, you know, like he's just hanging out and it like kind of is so much business to him that like I think when guys reveal plans that were supposed to happen so often, uh, it, it gets sticky because fans get mad about a thing that was never going to happen anyway. Like ideas are pitched and ideas don't happen. So when you go, oh, I wanted this, this, this and this to happen. It's like, why are you fantasy booking your the past it, yeah, yeah, the past. yeah, yeah it's very irritating yeah yeah, yeah. but God, he tells God. him but he doesn't take it seriously which is why kurt well that's and that's why so he does good that, about yeah. it it's like right. I, the, the, you know the 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 hallmark of him for me is that not only does he follow me on twitter when i have made jokes <laughs> about him and i apologize he's like you can go harder i don't care it's funny so it's like he gets it he doesn't take himself too seriously whereas other people let me well let me just say scott we should be glad he's able to still remember anything. Okay. <laughs> sure. Also, can I can I just say like I give him more than almost anybody else a break for his substance abuse. I cannot imagine yeah, on, 
the fucking pain he's in. Fuck you if you hold steroids against him. Like there was that steroid scandal that he had, but it was like after the Olympics. I'm like, who gives a shit if he's having steroids now? He also adopted a kid from Bulgaria, which is like a really selfless thing to do. And And that was AEW. <laughs> it seems like he's, he's really gonna t- wrestle in AEW with a broken freaking brain. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> it, it looks like, you know, he. It seems like he's like. It seems like he's really turned his life around. And look, man. I mean, like he's so professional that he was able to do business with the guy who is fucking his ex-wife. And you know, like I. I mean, I did. I actually briefly talked to like, like cat out of the bag a little. I guess I, I talked a little bit about jared but i was like they're cool like to jared about this they're cool like you know like it's like you have a guy like it's one thing to be like i'm gonna kick my you know my ex-wife's new guy's ass but like he could actually do it and he did it you know like like every guy says that but he could like destroy jeff jarrett in a hundred thousand different ways and i think they're all cool now you know and so and, and he's gotten through it man i can't imagine getting sober or at least like getting off whatever he was on and being in that much pain. Like every day, if you want to look at like somebody who gave his life and gave his well-being for the professional wrestling business and for us, for our entertainment as a, as a fan, there is no greater example than Kurt Angle. Dynamite kid has entered the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily Kurt Angle never pulled a shotgun on Jeff Jarrett. And also I noticed this. It's nice to know that the, uh, the chat was handicap accessible. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love that Dan made an argument towards four guys that completely agree with him. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm, I'm just cutting a promo. I know, I know, dude. I, I noticed I, this today about him it, and, and thinking about who he's wrestled and what his his issues are. And I, I noticed that bad former bad wrestlers have bad hips, and former great wrestlers have bad necks, and that's how you know. And Kurt Angle is the greatest <laughs> wrestler ever. Because he's walking around with his head hanging sideways. He's the great former and former basketball players have bad knees, which is Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to quickly say before he has a roast, uh, you know, the Angle Michaels Mania match, and then even the the rematch at Vengeance or the thirty minute Iron Man on Raw. Um, those are like, I mean, that's an example of a dream feud because we always talk about the feuds that didn't happen, like. Hogan and Austin or Brett and Angle, but like that's one where it happened. They somehow were both in their prime and it over delivered. Like it was even better than we thought it would be. Like we always, you know, there's no taker sting, but we did get fucking Sean and Angle at its peak. Mm. Yeah. The best. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. No, he's the best. Like, and Dan, you're 100% right. Like, you watch any moment of his match. I one time was walking back drunk from the comedy club in Denver to the comedy condo and stepped off the curb and like fell flat on my face. And I cried on the paint on the plane ride home because I couldn't recline my seat far enough. And that like, and Kurt Angle did that every night for 360 years, like times fucking 10 off the top of a cage, let him take all the fucking Percocets he wants or needs or doesn't even need them. If he doesn't need them, he just wants them. Enjoy yourself. You earn that shit. <laughs> to, to Chris Cubis, the plane ride from hell is just a seat that doesn't it's, fully It's recline. the seat in the fucking in front of the emergency row where you can't put your seat back. <laughs> my titties really fuck up my lumbars. <laughs> also, he endorsed Rubio. It could have been Trump. <laughs> 
That was so rough. I was looking him up today, and I was like, who did he vote for? Because I was like, oh, oh this is going to be bad. Yeah, don't play that and game. Rubio, you can't play that game with almost, professional wrestlers. It's almost more embarrassing than Trump. Because if it's Trump, you're at least like, oh, he's, you only know two names and you picked one. You did research and chose Marco Rubio. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know who else was a Rubio supporter is uh, the guys from Pawn Stars. <laughs> so the guys from Pawn Stars and Kurt Angle. <laughs> guys, it could have been Ted Cruz. I think Cruz. that's where his gold medals are now, right? That was the best. Out of the out of those Republican nominees, that was the best. That was the best option, I would say. I mean, compared to like, I- I'm trying to think it would be like, jo- like what's her name? The go- woman who was the UN, the, the head of the UN, uh, the ambassador of the UN. Like that, that was the only you lost me at UN. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Come on, guys. Let's all just the United Nations. You mean Cesaro, Seamus? Uh, who was in that? Who's in that faction? Let, let, let us all just chuckle again at Robert's need to say that Engel follows him on Twitter. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. It's time for the roast of Kurt Angle. And going first, uh, our man of uh, the hour, the guest of the episode, Chris Kubis, everybody. What's there to say about Kurt Angle that hasn't already been said in Raka Khan's speaking out tweets? <laughs> Kurt Angle had everything you need to succeed in the WWE. Athleticism, personality, comedic timing, and an unwavering ability to suck Vince McMahon's dick. <laughs> Kurt, uh, Kurt had an incredibly successful WWE career winning titles. Uh, according to Kurt, he was originally supposed to be the first undisputed WWE champion. In honor, that would go to Chris Jericho a fact that Chris Jericho is almost certainly mentioning to someone somewhere as we speak. (laughs) Uh, Kurt's drug and alcohol problem would peak in 2006. Vince offered to send him to rehab, so Kurt did what any drunk pill-popping pro wrestler would do in the mid-2000s. He went to TNA, a pro wrestling promotion where the wellness policy, uh, with the wellness policy of Bonnaroo. (laughs) At one point, Kurt estimates he was taking upwards of 65 painkillers a day which is how many I had to take to make it through his retirement match with Baron Corbin. (laughs) Uh, Kurt would experience his share of tragedy outside of wrestling. Kurt would lose his father at the age of 16 in in a construction accident, which is terrible. But on the upside, Kurt's father would be spared the pain of watching Kurt's retirement match with Baron Corbin. (laughs) Kurt would also experience more tragedy when his brother David would be convicted of killing his wife in a drunken bout of domestic violence. Uh, David would be sentenced to two and a half years to 10 years in prison, uh, which in a positive turn of events would prevent him the pain of having to watch Kurt's retirement match with Baron Corbin. (laughs) Uh, Not just a wrestler, Kurt Angle would turn to acting, playing an MMA fighter in the film Warrior and a rapist slash stalker slash kidnapper in the film Endgame which Raka Khan would call the great documentary. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle was planned to play a babyface American hero initially, which in retrospect makes sense because what's more American than being a divorced former TV star with five kids, four DUIs, and a painkiller addiction? <laughs> and that's my joke for Kurt Angle. Oh, man, going hard. Kurt Angle goes great. Who do we got next? Uh, Robert. All right. Uh... Kurt Angle won his Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck, preparing him for a pro wrestling career that offers no health care. <laughs> Kurt Angle's wife, Karen, left him for Jeff Jarrett because apparently Kurt's love life was booked by Vince Russo. 
<laughs> Bro, you don't need to be with a gold medalist. Go with Jeff. He's got a guitar. <laughs> in TNA, Kurt wound up a drunken, pill-addicted, broken mess on the brink of death, which still makes him one of the happier stories to come from the impact zone. <laughs> you know Kurt's committed to staying sober because he had his retirement match with Baron Corbin and he's still alive. <laughs> Though picking Corbin for your last opponent is one of the warning signs of CTE. <laughs> Triple H nixed a romance story between Kurt and Stephanie because Hunter felt it wasn't believable that Stephanie would leave him for Kurt Angle, mainly because Kurt didn't seem like the kind of guy who would be into pegging. <laughs> Angle won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in New Japan, which is the only reason Scott Chaplin has ever heard of him. <laughs> It was revealed that Jason Jordan was Kurt's illegitimate son, proving that bestiality sex produces lackluster superstars. <laughs> Kurt Angle was written off WWE TV for good when he was attacked by Lars Sullivan, who was anxious to show Kurt his rear naked choke. <laughs> Angle inspired many wrestlers. Some mimicked his in-ring technique, some his promo style, and in the case of Jimmy Uso, his driving skills. <laughs> Kurt was in the film Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. In the movie, he played both a pro wrestler and a zombie, depending on whether or not he took his Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Kurt is proof that if you dedicate your life to pro wrestling and sacrifice your body for the fans, the happiest ending you can hope for is being stuck doing a podcast with Conrad, Conrad Thompson. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Excellent. Kurt Angle was great. If you always wanted to know what would happen if Sam Eagle from the Muppets got addicted to pain pills. <laughs> what an intense guy. He always looks like a hot dog that's about to explode in the microwave. <laughs> Kurt Angle is a gold medalist, multiple time WWF champion and Hall of Famer, but his greatest achievement, not murdering his family. <laughs> there were a few years where we thought he was going to be the one to do that. Then again, murdering your family is at least a more memorable way to go out than losing to Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> the angles are like the modern day hearts in that Kurt has less talented brothers in prison. <laughs> Kurt Angle was a part of the Foxcatcher camp, trained under John Tupont, who's sometimes known to shoot on his students. <laughs> no. Kurt won a medal with a broken freaking neck. That's the Olympics for you. You can compete with a broken neck, but not a few ounces of legal weed. <laughs> Message. Uh, Kurt won a gold medal in 1996, defeating Abish Jadidi, the second best Iranian wrestler. He's the real jabroni compared to Shiki Baby. You put me in the ring with Kurt. I fuck his ass. I make him so humble. His neck popped back into place. <laughs> in order to continue wrestling, Kurt injected Novocaine directly into his neck. And if I want to feel that numb, I just have to watch any of his promos with Jason Jordan. <laughs> From 2006 to 2016, Kurt was a part of TNA. That's right. For a decade, he wrestled with a broken freaking company. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wrestling machine in a fun, entertaining way. Not a weird Dave Meltzer wrestling machine way where you remember every three-star giant Baba match as you come. <laughs> 
The long-standing rumor is that Kurt was going to join W uh, was going to join ECW, but decided not to when he saw Raven was crucified. And honestly, that's bullshit. What really happened was Kurt Angle asked Paul Heyman, "So what are you going to pay me?" Heyman still hasn't answered the question. <laughs> Can you even imagine Angle and ECW having the job to Taz in front of two hundred people instead of twenty thousand? <laughs> Thanks a lot for scaring Angle away, Raven. You cost us some really good Kurt Angle versus Justin Credible title matches. <laughs> Did you know that if you say Kurt Angle uh, name five times in a mirror, you get to suplex Shane McMahon into that mirror? <laughs> At WrestleMania 19, he had an amazing main event with Brock Lesnar, who tried so hard to keep up with Kurt that he also broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> he was a part of the SmackDown 6. Nowadays, a SmackDown 6 is what Vince calls Tamina or Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> Karen Angle fell for Jeff Jarrett and ended her M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E to Kurt. You know, you might be a bit too intense when your wife leaves you for the guy who considers smashing a guitar over your head as foreplay. <laughs> let's be honest if your wife leaves you for jeff jarrett you're in a broken freaking relationship <laughs> a woman who fucks kurt must feel like Shawn michaels in an ankle lock at the end of mania 21 just hoping the finish comes soon <laughs> i don't blame karen for leaving kurt imagine how hard it is to be stared at and judged by kurt's three eyes <laughs> finally kurt angle does a podcast with conrad thompson and conrad's tough he co-hosts seven podcasts with no freaking neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, Kurt, I love it. My wife's telling me to get sauce off my face. <laughs> Kurt's the only Olympic-level athlete who can't handle 12 steps. <laughs> Last week, the Pensacola PD charged Jimmy Uso with stealing Kurt's gimmick. He wrestled at Foxcatcher, which is also what he called Don Marie's pussy. <laughs> fans nicknamed him perk angle which just sounds like a drug i want to try you got them perk angles i'm a coming down from some bam bam bigger blow <laughs> kurt angle won the gold in the 1996 olympics against iran the only thing in amateur wrestling more dangerous than a takedown from amish jotty is eye contact with john dupont <laughs> when angry kurt angle's head looks like bertha Faye's clit <laughs> the only lock, the only lock tighter than the one Kurt wrapped around your ankle was the one his wife put on the medicine cabinet. <laughs> He's known for the three eyes, or as PCO describes it, showing off. <laughs> he picked up. Yeah, got one grows on you. Mm. Uh, he picked up pro wrestling faster than a pill from Sabu's fanny pack. You, <laughs> You'd think that a guy who looks like Mr. Clean would be able to pass a piss test. Vince once had Lita call Angle over so he could pounce on him from behind. An incident the rest of the divas describe as getting off easy. <laughs> Kurt Angle and Impact. I'll take things that should be dead for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> Kurt Angle's first run in TNA was hotter than the coffee in the world's greatest dad mug his kids gave Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Vince Russo came up with the idea of mortal after reading Kurt's toxicology report. <laughs> Kurt's had a lot of health problems. The doctors had to remove a benign tumor from his neck. 
But enough about Charlie Haas. <laughs> His neck was more crooked than Josh Matthews after making towns with Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> when Mick Foley applied the mandible claw to save Kurt, save Angle at Victory Road, we couldn't tell whether or not it was the finish or if he was trying to save Kurt's life. <laughs> he was in a movie called Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies or Pro Wrestlers vs. Former Pro Wrestlers. <laughs> WWE gave, Jay, gave him Jason Jordan as a son to rib Kurt because he was into black chicks. Driving drunks? Eh. Steroid allegations? Boring. Taking Kalisha to a cheesecake factory? Roasted! <laughs> also, we know the son stuff was a work because he was caught off camera spending time with him. <laughs> great good guy, great bad guy. Kurt Angle's proof that frequent heel and face turns aren't the reason Big Show sucks. He's a heel! <laughs> He's a heel, not just because Stacy's on his face! <laughs> Team Angle is known for its ability to outmaneuver anybody, and by that I mean getting Kurt off with just probation. <laughs> and finally, the wrestling world misses Kurt Angle. Now the only way to get Milkomania is to su is to subscribe to Sonny's OnlyFans. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. All right, I guess that leaves me correct. <clears throat> Kurt Angle, he's Captain. Well, ain't that America? <laughs> <laughs> like America's bird, he's bald, and like America's vets, he's gonna die homeless. <laughs> he's a straight shooter and a drunk driver. From I'm gonna make you tap to what's on tap. <laughs> he wore stars on his gear to represent the ones that circle his head. <laughs> he he looks like a turtle who got so many DUIs they took away his shell. <laughs> <laughs> Now when he applies the ankle lock, it's because he's on house arrest. He, he looks like his tanning bed also gives him chemotherapy. <laughs> he has fall asleep drunk on the beach skin. He's a wrestling machine that should have an out of order sign on it. He comes back as GM and I'm like, this machine just ate my quarters. You, you know this machine is just eating quarters, right? <laughs> HBK, HBK vs. Kurt is my favorite match ever, but boy, do times change. Back then, Angle had three eyes, and now Sean barely has two. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. So the story is that Angle refused to work ECW because of, because of a crucifixion angle, right? Mm -hmm. It was Raven crucified Sandman, and it was like, oh, I'm not doing it. It was a crucifixion, and all, all of that is true. It, it is true, but it's actually because he kept saying, Jesus was a white man, not a sand man. <laughs> uh, Kurt's joints are so messed up. When he signs his last name, it looks like he wrote the word arthritis. <laughs> People need to respect Angle more than they do. Oh, so he's a hero for wrestling in the Olympics with a broken neck, but he's an addict when he wrestles in TNA with no feeling in his fingers. <laughs> like Donald Trump, he lost his job during the pandemic. <laughs> He shot milk at Stone Cold because his original pitch of tennis ball shooter full of oxys would have hurt too much. <laughs> he divorced Karen. She divorced him. She said he's not a great lover. Uh, she said he said he couldn't eat her out because it was a pain in the neck. <laughs> you believe you believe him? His move from wrestling into sports entertainment was the greatest transition an Olympian ever made up until Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> 
Uh, and finally, Kurt is a shoot wrestler. Scott Hall is a wrestler that shoots. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, the rest of Kurt Angle, one of the greatest ever. Thank you, uh, Mr. Kubis. Any uh, any plugs to promote? Thank you. I am uh, at Chris Kubis on all social media, and my podcast, Bad Advice with Chris Kubis, comes out every Friday. Uh, you can find it wherever you find podcasts. All right, check out Bad Advice. Chris Kubis. Chris, thank you for doing it, buddy. Great job. Yeah, for sure, brother. Right, Thanks thank for having so me. All right. Thanks, Chris. See you. Thank we you shall see you again. You know. Yes, please. Let's get to our show in hell, uh, which this week was the Kurt Angle Bestiality pro- Promo. Um, man, you, you really can tell if an idea doesn't work if it's Kurt Angle because he's going to do it to the best of his ability. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and you're like, all right, nobody's going to do this better than Kurt Angle. So this really doesn't work. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what bestiality meant. He didn't know what bestiality meant. Like, I don't think... I mean, if he said it out loud, I'm sure Jake Roberts would be like, Lord knows I do. But like, I really don't think he knew. Uh, what did you think of this promo, Robert? Wait, so you not- you think so? like he's so athletic. So many people have called him a beast that he thinks it means something else. No, what happened was Vince didn't know what bestiality meant and insisted no. on using it. I've heard, yeah, uh, uh, I think it was Court told me the story that basically, yeah, Vince insisted that bestiality was the term that he wanted because he thought that meant fucking like animals, like just animalistic sex. And they're like, no, that means having sex with animals. Like, no. This is this is what it means. And they went out and did it. And Kurt sold the hell out of this. You know, he built up the story of, you know, I'm not going to hit you, Charmel. It's because I'm super into you and I want to fuck. And, and not just that, but I want to have bestiality sex. And he just went along with it. And the best part of this promo is the eye twitch at the end when they zoom in on him. Because I know how many times they make you re- refilm something where he has to do that little twitch and they just hold on you. And he sold this moment of insanity where it almost made sense that Kurt was so deranged that he thought, uh, you know, yeah, I want to I want to have bestiality sex with you. It's again, it's it's one of those. Things. It's like uh, Ron Burgundy. If you write it on the teleprompter, he's going to say it. Wait, that means when Vince heard that Nine Inch Nails song, he thought they were saying, I want to fuck you like I want to fuck an animal. What world do you think Vince heard a Nine Inch Nails song? <laughs> yeah, other than other than uh, Kurt singing "Hurt" every time he was about to go out to wrestle. <laughs> um, I, I thought. I mean, this is the thing about like this is like I always said like this is the era that I got back in. Unfortunately, and it's amazing because this like promos like this. I hate to say it, but show why you kind of need a Russo, you know, because like he actually was edgy in, in many ways. It's it, not always good, but edgy, but like, this is like fake edgy. Like a lot of the stuff in like 2003, 2004, where they're just trying to be offensive <laughs> um, and it doesn't work, but yeah, like angle is having so much fun <laughs> saying this dumb shit that it's, you're almost like, this this would be way worse in like a Heidenreich's mouth or something, you know. But he almost like kind of sells the thing. I mean, because this was the time, right? He was with like Luther Reigns and Mark Gingerak and Benjamin and Hot. They were literally like, "You're getting everyone over." Like, 
Yeah, he's yeah. really getting SmackDown over and making the Booker T. Charmel storyline work it's and making Booker- Josh Matthews seem like a competent backstage announcer. <laughs> and wasn't there, like, this is around the time where, didn't he, like... Uh, friend shoot- of the show. Thank you, Josh. He shot Big Show with, like, tranquilizer darts like an animal. Oh, that was great, though. <laughs> that was kind of <laughs> great. Fucking weird shit. I don't remember that. That sounds awesome, though. This was This was that, like, JBL catching mexicans in the net era of smackdown <laughs> i was there for the jbl catching mexicans era of smackdown um that was th- this was a little bit before that but you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head for a three four year span it was this pure desperation of we got to get the attitude era back and what vince thought made the attitude era work was over the top ridiculous offensiveness it was, you know, it, it was lightning in a bottle in 99, 2000 in that South Park jackass era. By like 2003, 2004, it was awkward and weird and you squandered a lot of great talent because you were trying to do this shit. Yeah, because like, is this around the time of like Napoleon Dynamite and, you know, just comedy changes and it's already more quirky and weird and shit and then you're still trying to just be offensive for the sake of offensiveness and if you're not funny to begin with like Vince then it's not going to work all the time well, you're right that's the one person that would have made this promo work is Vince actually could have made this promo work because you would have yeah okay yeah that's he meant that <laughs> that's what you would say if Vince did that promo you know? I actually think the reason this one didn't work as well because Angle has said wild shit in his promos and so many times it works is because he is coming off a little silly. Remember that one that one promo where he's going, these people love me. I can say anything. And, and he's like, you know, and he was just saying crazy shit. And yeah, I could like, shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue. No one's going to persecute me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he say that he could make Jesus tap? <laughs> he said something about, like, I'm better than Jesus or something. Remember, he was like, I don't, check this out. And he's like, I don't like the blacks. Like, he literally <laughs> did that. He did that. And it was like funny. It was, I swear, it was funny. But this wasn't funny because there was like a little more anger to it. Like he was trying to actually act like he was going to fuck up Booker T or something as he's saying this, as opposed to just being a goofball. It was terrifying. Also going to kick your ass. It was legitimately scary. It's terrifying. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Can we just talk to just about the ECW thing of like, if that if, if that happened, how long would he have been there? Like, Brother, he seriously. was never going to ECW. Wrestling yeah. is f- fairy tale bullshit. It's an interesting story. There's no way he was ever going. He went to he go was, see a show. For like a week. Man, yeah. yeah, he went to go see a show. That's all. He lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. yeah, get out of here, Heyman. I mean, the most <laughs> unbelievable part of that is that he was friends with Shane Douglas. That's the part I don't buy. I can't imagine those guys <laughs> hanging out and having a riveting back and forth conversation. Was he but, just another Pittsburgh guy? That's it was, probably it's it. The, it was the Pittsburgh thing, yeah. yeah. And and he hated pro wrestling. You know, that was the thing. Kurt was going to go be a local sports anchor in Pittsburgh. The, the ironic thing is he couldn't read a teleprompter, and they felt he had no charisma on camera. And that's how he wound up in, in wrestling. He didn't want anything to do with pro wrestling. Like a lot of amateur Olympian athletes, he thought it was a joke. I mean, there's that commercial now that USA runs – with some of the Olympic athletes talking about WWE and a lot of the WWE guys like Lashley talking about how much they love Olympic wrestling. The and they interviewed Lashley's come to a believable baby face promo. They interviewed the Olympic athlete and he's like, 
yeah, I've watched wrestling. I know Steve Austin and The Rock. Like, it's clear this guy has no clue what wrestling is and wants nothing to do with it, which is how a lot of amateur athletes are until you get into it and you realize, oh, this is way easier in some regard than what I was doing before. I have the natural athleticism. I can probably adapt and make this work. Oh, and he fell in love with it, right? It, he, he, I think he did realize what it was and he wanted to become the best at it which is pretty and badass. And dude, people did. Oh yeah, I mean and, and and think about the 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 decision to go to WWE, I guess, which I personally I think there was no other decision. He became the champion within a year of debuting, right? He beat The Rock that November? Yeah, and you got to realize his first October, match something like that? His I think he was well, his first match was against Mark Jinderak, right? Oh, Stasiak. I'm yeah, sorry, Sean Stasiak. Sean Stasiak. Yeah. I I often think they're the same guy. <laughs> and, and then and then he had matches with Gangrel and the Godfather. Like he went from winning an Olympic gold medal to fighting like vampires and pimps and Sean Stasiak in his first month. Can we let's just also be honest here about how little like America gives a shit about the Olympics in the sense that the Olympics aren't revered here. Like it's an impressive thing if you say you want a gold medal just because you want a gold medal. But it's not like amateur wrestling is this big sport, at least I don't know if it is in other countries, to the point where he could come in as a heel and everyone is going to boo him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a- Rulon Gardner is doing great working at the gap down the road from me. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, he's uh, well, let's get to the Olympics. Uh, this is a new segment which we debuted for Kurt. That's how much we love Kurt. And it's a show in hell. It's Ain't That Swell, where we talk about a highlight of their career. And for uh, and I decided, you know, maybe not all of us have seen Kurt Angle win the gold medal at the Atlanta Olympics. So we watched it. And it's badass, man. He runs in like a badass. It feels like a chess match rather than a fight. Um, look, I, I, I fucking wrestled for four years. I was terrible at it. Um, but I, I, Mike had sent me this article about, you know, that there was some sort of controversy, I guess, over, you know, who won the match. But for me, it looks like Kurt decisively wins the match. I mean, it's close, but it looks like Kurt wins the match. And, and, when, you, and when you factor in that he had, was getting fucking Novocaine shots in his neck before this, I mean, it just makes it even more badass. The guy is, the guy's unbelievable. What, what did you think about this match, Mike? I mean, yeah, so he fights this guy, this Iranian guy, uh, Abbas Jadidi, who basically looks like, like, imagine, like, Freddie Mercury, but if AIDS made you stronger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude, um, and, I, and I looked him up. Yeah, he's still, I mean, you know, athletes are always, like, bitter about this shit, but he still thinks he won. They did this thing, like, I think in, what was it, 2016 or 2017 in Iran, where they had a bunch of athletes join like their for like their like city councils and stuff. So he's like a, a, a politician now. If you see him now, like, dude, he looks exactly like fucking um, Jesse Ventura's character, Captain Freedom in The Running Man. He has this like really awful haircut and shit. And I mean, and in this and in this, he's a fucking beast against Angle. Um, I don't know how you know amateur wrestling really works rules wise but yeah i mean angle looked like the aggressor here 
Uh, Amish Jotty now looks like if the My Pillow guy drank the ooze from <laughs> Secrets of the Ooze Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's interesting because I feel like you easily, I'm sure the guy was too bitter, but it feels like you could have done some kind of promo, like some some kind of no pun intended angle with Jadidi where you have like the Iron Sheik bring him in and say that he never actually lost, but I'm sure the guy was like actually just really mad at Angle and pissed about the whole thing. I I think one of the things is because it was in Atlanta, he thinks that it was stolen from him. But yeah, uh, we also like you know Angle debuts and then 9/11 happens. We got to look up this guy's take on 9/11. <laughs> like he might <laughs> he might not just hate Angle. <laughs> yeah, we don't. You know, how about how about we just get some Italian American to play an angry Arab? <laughs> um, well, he looks very close to Italian. He does, Robert. Yeah, I mean, no, this, this was an amazing moment, and uh, dude, if even if he never did wrestling, yeah, I mean, how many people could say they won a fucking medal? I mean, I, I had the joke about it in my roast, but it's still it is something that we all never think about, but. Why would they let you wrestle with a broken neck? Is fucking insane to me. <laughs> like, because I saw this interview that he did, I think it was like for Impact, where he said that when he was training for the, the Olympics, he would put 12 shots of Novocaine. But then he was like, but when I got to the Olympics, I only did four. But I mean, that's fucking insane. You're also dealing with the guy. Props to his dad. You guys read about how his dad passed away in a construction accident. Yeah. But. Then you hear the full story. It's like he fell out of a crane, like crazy high, landed on his head and then walked to the hospital, went to the hospital, got checked in and then slipped into a coma and died like two days later. So like this just happens. And I mean, this happened when he's 16. Angle goes to the Olympics when it's like there's no quit when your dad is the guy who walked to the hospital. I mean, even his dad died having a great match. <laughs> and I read too, like I mean, the, he was the last man standing, baby. Against against Lesnar, like I, I think it was on Pritchard show, like he was basically like he he should not like under no circumstances should he have been wrestling against Lesnar that night. He was so fucked up, but he just did it. I mean, it, it, well, and then know. wrestling, right? Lesnar does that move and then everybody's worried about Lesnar after the match. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, that, that whole pay-per-view was snake bit because Austin and angle should not have been wrestling uh, yeah. that, sh- that they, they escaped by the skin of their teeth uh, on that one. I think what's interesting about this uh, Olympics run is it feels like a cheesy Disney movie. It doesn't feel real. It's this, it's this guy who, you know, he idolized his father. His father dies in a horrible accident. He trains, his trainer ultimately winds up getting killed. He goes to the Olympics in America, goes in the finals against an Iranian and overcomes a broken neck to win a gold medal. Like this is cheesy Disney feel good combined with a guy who at the time looked like he came off a Wheaties box. He had he yeah. had the look. He had the hair. He looked like the all American guy. It has a great happy ending. I think that's what's so captivating about this. And it's unfortunate that the Olympics become so disposable because there are sort of these inspirational stories for a lot of these athletes, and then they're sort of forgotten two or two or four years later. Uh, I had the same thought as you, Mike. This would have been a great angle if they could have brought somebody in uh, to to 
challenge him on this, but I don't think Kurt wanted anything to do with giving legitimacy to this idea that he didn't win the gold medal. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about this was Kurt used to bring the real medal to shows until somebody tried to steal it. And then they had, they started making replica ones, but he was dumb enough to show up uh, at WWF events with real medals. Jesus, that would have been a, for that guy who robbed the Thunderdome, that would have been a fucking big get. Oh, Kurt would have found him Munich style and would have dismembered him. <laughs> well, let's get let's get to uh, the next section of the show. Grimix, bring him back, Grimmicks, baby. This week it's Mister uh, America Del Wilkes. I'm sorry, Mister America Hulk Hogan versus the Patriot Del Wilkes. Wilkes, rest in peace. Just passed uh, this past July fourth. Um, my note for this is Patriot would have been over in a different era. Like he would have been the warrior to Bruno San Martino's Hogan. It's just he just came too late. Um, and I and and in the spirit of Kurt Angle, we may have never gotten a Kurt Angle if it wasn't for the Patriot kind of flopping, right? Because if if the Patriot was super over, then Vince would be like, all right, well, you know, obviously he's an Olympic hero. He's got to come in as a babyface. But we immediately got him as a heel, and because of that, he was champion within the year. Can um, I say why the why the Patriot didn't work just immediately? Well, I yeah. guess we're getting to that, right? I think it's because he comes off foreign. Is that it's like he comes off like he's not from here at all, and so there's no reason to cheer him as the Patriot. Really? Yeah. I, he comes American to me. He just comes like a real milk toast. No, no. I, I mean, the mask looks like a lucha mask. Yeah, it's like a lucha mask. He's tan. It's like he sucks on the mic. It, it, it doesn't feel. It feels more Cesaro than American. That's true. not knocking Cesaro, but well, yeah. did you see? I mean, there's promos back then of him as Del Wilkes without the mask on and all that. I mean, that to me, it's like I feel like they should have just had it be Del Wilkes. I didn't think you need the mask. I feel like you know the. Brett character was so hot at this point and the heart foundation and it felt it felt real yeah in a way that putting it in Brett with this cartoony dumb fuck just didn't work it's just like because 97 I mean I know you guys say it sometimes and a lot of people do is one of the WWF's best creative years I, I think in many ways even better than some of the years that preceded just in terms of like the fertile ideas and stuff and the patriot kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in the middle of all of that right um you know because it's also i i think we're always going to do this and maybe it's a little unfair but you know fuck it you kind of compare him to austin and he does not come anywhere close to that obviously but you know austin felt like the american foil in many ways and so if you go from that to this, it just doesn't work. As soon as Austin got hot, they made Sean a heel. They made Brett a heel. Like they, they had to like kind of reverse course. Um, I'm gonna. Here's why I picked Mr. America. And I watched a lot of Mr. America segments. I love disguises in wrestling, whether it's Hulk Hogan or Gene Parmesan in Arrested Development. Like I think you would have gotten another 20 year. I think TNA would have been a success. <laughs> If they gave Hogan a new disguise every week, because (laughs) that stupid mask over that mustache is so fucking great uh, that for me, it's like a walk away home run, uh, Mr. America. Who do you got, Mike? Mr. America or the Patriot? Is this 
this is that same era as the bestiality sex stuff, right? This is 2003, yeah. and there's um, O'Hare and Piper, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched a lot of these, and this is why, like, I think Vince is overrated because he's just in these like 15 minute long fucking rambly ass segments, and he's you know great at being a heel, but he can do it in a third of the time, and it would probably be better. Um, Dude, I, I would love him in the lie detector. Stuff. I mean, the thing is, I will say that the Patriot is the worst gimmick because it felt more like Mr. America in some ways was a story with the beginning, middle, and end. But the Patriot, I think they were hoping would get over and be able to sell a bunch of like flags and shit. Ooh, we are talking about the guy who just died, right? Yeah. yeah. We couldn't have changed the fucking grimace, you psychos. <laughs> and now i gotta sit here and say that i like hogan's thing better come on guys <laughs> should we should we take this one out no no, no. but i'm gonna tell you why hogan's is better i thought it was a bit it's obviously a bit that's hilarious i'm the patriot hulk hogan gets fired goddamn hulk it, it's very it's it's looney tunes man you know it's bugs bunny let's have fun let's go to wrestlemania you know should we have, should we have done mr america versus juan cena <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean look i i don't think the patriots suck but i just love mr america robert all right um my my pick of the worst gimmick is Mr. America. I am now going to defend the Patriot Dale Wilkes because yes, I'm coming him, at this Robert. from a different view than the rest of you guys. In He's that trying to get into heaven. Uh, uh, <laughs> but between these roasts and being a Jew, I'm fucked. Um, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Growing up, there's a sect of fans that grew up watching the GWF on ESPN. It was on after school. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. It felt like an alternate universe, like if a Dollar General ran a wrestling company. And the, the main baby face was the Patriot. And he was over as fuck in Texas. This is the company Bruce Pritchard worked for. This company is where I first saw, you know, I first saw uh, Sean Waltman was there. Eddie Gilbert was there. Uh, Booker T was there. All these amazing wrestlers in what felt like this alternate world that confused the hell out of me. I thought it was a fever dream that nobody had ever heard of this. And I'm like, no, I swear this is real. And then the Patriot shows up on WWF television as the same character. And it was mind blowing at the time. The problem was, and Del Wilkes has admitted this himself, he was a mess when they first hired him. He was taking like 40 pills a day. He was totally out of his skull. They, hey, they so was pushing. Kurt Angle, and guess what? We just said he's the greatest wrestler ever. And Del, <laughs> and Del Wilkes, had he had he stayed healthy and had he been somewhat cleaner, they he would have found a way to make it work. He was really entertaining in, in GWF as that top baby face. And I think his earnest shtick, come the Attitude Era, if they would have tweaked it slightly, he would have been Kurt Angle. It would have been this, I'm waving the American flag, I've got my mask, and then Steve Austin comes out there and stuns him. And I think that would have been the pivot for his character, and he would have been fine. The problem was the mind was willing, the body just wasn't. Mr. America was a shitty angle because this was after that Hogan nostalgia run, after he, after he lost to The Rock, and they put the red and yellow on him, worked for a little bit. Then they put the title on him, and then they thought, oh, we really have Hulk Hogan back, as opposed to this is a novelty run. And the reason he was Mr. America was because Hulk Hogan was fired, 
and they were doing this shtick that they never paid off because Hogan wound up leaving. So the Mr. America storyline, which went on for a hell of a lot longer than a week or two of bits, it just kind of kept going. And it wasn't very good at a point in time when the rest of SmackDown was infinitely better than this and it would drag down the show. Yeah, this story had less legs than Zach Gowan, who was also involved in this story. <laughs> he will, and that was the other thing. Everything that was involved in this story, this was the weird Vince fucking Sable era. Uh, this was Roddy Piper, Sean O'Hare. Hey, this was just, Zach Let's just Gowan. say what, what Zach Gowan was. Somebody, Vince, Vince saw like a handicapped guy get a better spot than him. And he's like, God damn it. I got to use this. You push know, him like, down the stairs <laughs> oh, <I'm down. laughs> all right yeah. three to one i guess uh mr america wins high spot low spots uh yeah, it's a I'll, bit i thought it was a bit yeah to, i thought it was shoot. a bit too i still yeah. i still I, I like it i i liked it i liked it i i didn't see the payoff though because i wasn't really watching wrestling at the time so dude all respect to the patriot too because at the end of the day like you know Oh, you weren't a cool wrestling character? Come on, who gives a shit? All right, let's keep going. All right, let's do my my high spot. We'll go around with high <laughs> spots first. Uh, I have uh, I'll mention two. Um, Ricochet's spot through the ladder last night on Raw was phenomenal. It's going to be in the show's signature um, for the rest of time. I mean, the guy just on a normal, just you know, like I, you know, like uh, I guess body like body press or. It's not really a frog splash, but I don't know what you would, what would you call that, Robert? Gravity. Gravity. It was, it was, it was excellent. Um, And, uh, but my real high spot of the week was this past week on SmackDown, there was a promo. uh, I think that Seth Rollins was cutting and Michael Hayes accidentally comes out of the elevator and back and you can see him go, and he like runs to the right and he's in all white with a fanny pack it is for sure michael hayes it looks like you know dog the bounty hunter's wife it was unbelievable uh it probably maybe it may be my favorite moment of the year i don't know how he got on that elevator i don't know if that where that elevator was connected to but it was at first i thought it was like a bit but then i was like oh no he just he must have just got in a shot Anyway, that was my high spot of the week. Robert? Did you have a low spot? I will, we'll get to low spots. We're going to do high spots first. Oh, all right. we're changing the format. Um, <laughs> yes. It's cool. Someone wake me when we're done. Uh, <laughs> I, I, my high spot was the Morrison-Ricochet match. I thought it was just a fun match from beginning to end, and it's so rare to watch Raw and be excited for a match, and then the match is actually really good, and you watch it after, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is why I watch pro wrestling. Um, so I, I love that they, they've done this kind of best of series of just, hey, we got nothing else to do. Let's keep throwing these two guys in there. I think they're both incredibly talented, and it's always fun to get this nice little surprise buried somewhere within three hours of Raw. Scott, what was your high spot this week? Hmm, I'm going to go with Bandito winning the ROH world title. Uh, he took it off of Roosh. So I don't know I what that seen means the match for Roosh. I, I think Bandito is also, unless they stripped him of it, I think he's the PWG champ too. So good for him. He's awesome. We saw him at All In. He was in the main event. Uh, yeah, he rules, man. He deserves world titles. So that was my high spot, man. It was, it was a really good match too. And it's it's on, it's on, it's on, if you want to watch it, I 
I, I believe I've heard uh, that it is on Roosh's YouTube. Like he just posted the match on his personal YouTube. <laughs> even even though you have to pay for the pay-per-view, he was like, well, fuck you. So, yeah, yeah. Roosh is a piece of shit. <laughs> Go check it out. <laughs> Robert. I, I've worked with Roosh. I, he is a piece of shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like him. Uh, sorry. Well, Mike, wait, what's your why don't you like Roosh? Uh, what, what happened uh, to you, That's right. There's nothing. It, it's not that exciting. him on Twitter. Uh, he blocked him. <laughs> yes. He blocked me on AOL Instant Messenger. It broke my heart. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. My. You know. Uh. Overall, I, I know that the the way that we record this now, we're we're a little behind. We record this on Tuesdays, so we're not talking about the dynamite that just aired. But the one last week, you know, in Miami. Um. Just seeing a live fucking crowd like on the road again, like. Wrestling's back, baby. Um, I, I'm sure there will be a moment from that was this the show. appropriate level of enthusiasm. Yeah, I know everyone's gonna hear this on Friday, and it's just wrestling is gonna be so bad <laughs> between no, but when I mean, we no, recorded this, like, and Friday. But this gave me all the feels again of like just seeing a crowd. I mean, I'm sure it'll be somebody's low spot, one of the moments from this show, but uh, you know, specifically a high spot, and I'm gonna give Scott, a little bit of credit here. You know, somewhat of an apology. The fucking hangman Kenny shit worked. Maybe uh, you know crowd, it worked. And the thing is, this is part of why you need a crowd. Having the crowd go fucking crazy for it was awesome. Yeah, and you need a crowd really... to help guys like Mike, Robert, and Dan know what's going the fuck on. They... Well, well, why are you, <laughs> so, why do you make me? guys I, like I, Robert, I'm Mike, just... and Dan? Oh, no, okay, Dan loves it. Dan I loves like it. everything. I like everything. I'm I'm the fucking Al Roper Scott. of this podcast. Scott, it's just to it's just to keep us caring uh, uh, while Evil <laughs> Uno's on screen. Um, Look, Scott, but, I love that angle, but you can't tell me that that walk that Evil Uno does the ring doesn't fucking infuriate yeah, you. Yeah, dude, Evil Uno sucks. It's part of it. It's literally part of the storyline is they suck. They they realized they sucked and they went, hey, how about these guys suck? And it's working and it rules. What's greater, people are listening to this on Friday trying to remember a week and a half ago episode. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm so, I'm so, because Hangman speaks this week. I'm so afraid it's going to be ruined. I, I, dude, I stay up at night worried. My, 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 my Wrestle Roast Twitter personality rests on this working out. Yes, this is this is Schrodinger's chaplain. He's either super happy or super sad about Adam Page. We don't know. Mike, let's stay with you for your low spot. What do you got this week? Low spot was. I got, I got, I got two. Um, the, my, my quick one will be, uh, you know, Paul Orndorff passing away. It's just fucking sad losing another legend. You know, WrestleMania one main event. Like you don't get bigger than that. I think uh, guys our age don't remember him as much just because he was a year before. You know, but that eighty five, eighty six, like I, you know, I was like two. Um, There's but, this hilarious video around Instagram now of him. Um, it was like the Hulk Hogan's bodybuilding kit video. Where yeah. He like breaks into a kid's room and it's just this ripped guy in underwear being like, hey, kid, let me teach you how to work out. Yeah, there's all these videos. There's one of him in a gym just yelling at fat people for 10 minutes. There's one of him like cracking up Mean Gene and saying <laughs> Ivan Putsky looks like a turtle. Uh, there's a lot of just, I mean, dude was legit fucking knocked out vader and flip-flops so that's amazing uh but my my low spot um is yeah that fucking fan the asshole uh and everything about it the asshole who jumped the guardrail and you know walked towards the ring um 
got fed some potatoes by Jericho and security, rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, has become like a wrestling insurrectionist. <laughs> of like i'm doing this for Cornette and for all the people who love real wrestling no fuck you uh no fan should do that and it because it, it really affected the show too like you can see jericho and mjf because that was at the beginning of their segment and they really had to work hard to get people invested again jericho and nearly lost felt- his buzz because <laughs> everyone was just like what the fuck is going on um this is this is shitty that this guy needs to be contemned and, you know, banned from every show. And I'm very thankful we haven't had a Dimebag Daryl type situation in wrestling. Um, but this makes me worry that there will be. And even if you don't like a wrestler, even if you don't like a company, um, threatening violence, jump in the guardrail, you're a fucking piece of shit. Uh, and you're, you shouldn't be a fan. So that's, that's my little point. I, yeah, I, this guy. I, this guy hopped the guardrail because wrestling is too fake for him now. Yeah, that's his idea, which is not a real thing. It's a false narrative. Uh, it's made up. I, I, I challenge you to listen to some of Cornette's most recent. Dude, I like a lot of Jim Cornette shit. Listen to some of his recent stuff. It is detached from reality. Uh, he is not watching. He's watching something. He's missing the point almost every time at this point now, where he has two good points and then everything else is he's literally wrong about what he's watching also yeah, i mean I, I agree with you on a lot and, of and, and, then, and then and then well, maybe look, you're right about the evil now look, now look this too. guy look jim Cornette doesn't want some guy hopping a fucking guardrail i understand that but at the same time and i'm not blaming jim Cornette for this guy hopping a guardrail but at the same time when 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 kenny because kenny called him out on twitter right and was like I hope I hope he pulls it back now, right? And I go, uh, I I I wish you didn't tweet about it at all, uh, Kenny Omega, but that you did. Cornette does need to pull it back a little in this in, in, in this way. Ready in this way, and I see Robert shake his head, but we got to remember Robert's a a, a, a Twitter troll. <laughs> um, <laughs> is Robert agree with that actually? Is dude is when you when you. When you're good at talking shit and you're Jim Cornette or you're whatever, right? You're a former writer and you build a following. Okay, it's expected. But when your fans start doing that shit and they're not good at it and, and, and it's out of line, you need to condemn them. And I know you go, well, no, you don't. Fuck yeah, you do. And I don't mean you got to do it in like a proper PC way. Just go, hey, guess what? You stink at this and you're coming off like a fucking loser. And now I look like I got a bunch of fucking autistic fans. No offense, all of our autistic fans. But I'm talking about the bad ones. <laughs> or autistic host, yeah. It's, yeah, it, 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 um, yeah, it's just, it, it becomes much. I mean, Cornette literally, you go, well, Cornette's never told people to be violent and he hasn't. But in Cornette's, cornball shit he has literally threatened to murder these people like he has a wish death on them that's his shtick he says those literal things uh and then so for a dummy to take it seriously i just go jim could could, could you at least tell them to shut the fuck up and i don't mean you know again the jumping the guardrail i really think it it, it isn't him and it's not his fault but the shit talking could you at least like once go hey buddy calm the fuck down Dude, when people went too hard on QT for our podcast, we had to ask some people to calm down. You know what I mean? So it's like if everybody Including does it. Mrs. It, Marshall. All right, that's enough. Stop that. Because ultimately, it doesn't you make know. you a bitch to go like, "Yo, you are actually bad at this." And it, dude, 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 dude. If you're quoting like a, if, if you're calling someone Kenny Olivier, if you're saying like Joey, what is it, Jelly Nutella or whatever? Yeah. You're a loser, <laughs> dude. You're quoting a guy. 
your jokes or quotes like you think this is a real thing it's just very all it's very embarrassing to me well i was just gonna say because the guy also in his tweet was like wrestling needs to be you know he's like want to make it safe space for real wrestling like no AEW shows all wrestling is a safe space where people should be safe and this guy doing this just means there's more security or they check more shit at the door. It, it just makes it less fun for everybody. And, you know, Cornette gets way too much um, publicity and money by shitting on AEW, by talking about AEW. But, you know, like they say in The Simpsons, just don't look. Like, like this, this fucking asshole who jumped the guardrail still bought a ticket. You know, don't buy the pay-per-views. Don't support the company. Just watch the wrestling you like because there's well, enough. And this guy on Twitter now is like, you know, relishing in it. You know, like it's it's become his whole. And that's be- part of it, though. You got, his look, whole thing, look, his whole identity. We know guys who have jumped into, uh, you know, jumped over the barricade or whatever. And you go, oh, this person is drunk and they're trying to be silly. Like guys who don't even try to touch the wrestler sometimes. And then there's moments where it's like, oh, my God, RVD and Eddie Guerrero are on a ladder and you're yeah. trying to push them off you're going to get stomped the fuck out. And uh, this guy, when you find out his reasoning and you realize he actually wanted to fight these guys, you go, yeah, they should have dragged him back out there and stomped him in front of the whole crowd. Well, because it was, you know, it was premeditated. He said on June 23rd, I'm going to be there and do this. And then he did. Loser shit. Do you yep. see, uh, did you guys see that? Um, I, I sent, I think I sent it to you guys. The, uh, the shield, um, the guy who, <laughs> jumps in the ring for the shield match that's the weirdest one because he's dressed like a shield member and it's like he just wants to wrestle with the shield and become part of the shield it's almost like kind of endearing in in like a really crazy way he also like looks a lot like nick vaderot so for a second i'm like is this a nick bit what's going on and also it's not it's not just that guy i do want to say that under his comments there are also people like yup people thought we were messing around that's right they can't be getting away with it you know this play wrestling what? You do realize all the guys you hate are better wrestlers than your favorite wrestlers, you fat idiot, right? You know your favorite wrestler fucking sucks, right? All right, all right. Now I think, like, this is not becoming yeah, about Scott, that. Scott, Scott. <laughs> you know what I'm Scott right What trying though. to say is that it's all fake fighting that we watch for entertainment, and it should just be for entertainment. Yes, and that, again, and I said another thing, like, guys like Jim Cornette, uh, they think Spinal Tap is a real documentary. You guys are losers. You, you were never in on the joke. You, t- you took wrestling seriously. You know, they go, we used to beat up guys at bars when they shit-talked wrestling. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? Now people don't shit-talk wrestling at the bar. They actually respect it more than they did then. What are you talking about people don't respect? People don't watch wrestling, but they respect it more than they used to. That's why I know he's getting fights in bars. Rob, Robert, what would you like to say about this? All right, here's the thing. This guy that did whatever he did when he jumped the rail, he's a, he's a lunatic. He is an insane person. He is not a mentally stable person who decided to go attack a fictional television show as if it was real to protect the integrity of another fictional television show that seems to exist in his brain. At first, when this <laughs> happened, at first, when this happened, there was a small part of him, like he went to go attack MJF, which obviously, look, if you fucking lay a finger on Mac, like, fuck you. Uh, that is that is sacred ground. Don't don't go after that. It I is crazy it was, to see MJF attacked in Florida for something other than being Jewish, though. Yes, it's <laughs> one of those things where, and, and I've seen Max do crowd work, and I thought, all right, maybe did he shit talk the wrong guy, and some idiot decided to jump the rails because he's the kind of person that's going to go out there and make fun of 
everybody in the crowd, even when he's not on camera because he's playing a character. I thought that was what happened. And I was like, that's really shitty that this happened. I'm glad it got quelled quickly. But then when I saw the tweet that this guy was premeditated and was planning on doing this, this is a Mark David Chapman lunatic situation. And this is what makes it infinitely scarier as someone who's worked in, in, in live entertainment for the better part of a decade, the three of you are performers who have probably provoked audiences. Mike's gotten punched work. in the face on Yeah, stage. I got punched in the face at an open mic. Not even a show. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I'm sure he, he that moment he thought He thought his closer was really weak. Yeah, then the crowd started a you deserve it chant. <laughs> but the one question I have for you, Mike, is what did Cornette say about you on the internet to piss this guy off? He didn't say anything because I was wearing a Patriot mask, so no one was <laughs> I can't blame Cornette because Cornette is playing a character, and that character makes a shit ton of money on Patreon. So Jim Cornette is not going to back off, and there's and it's very tough to say he's the reason why this happened because he's spouting a lot of nonsense that most normal rational people hear this and go, this is nonsense. And if you think what Cornette is saying is true, there's a pretty good chance you think that the wrestling programming you're watching is legitimate. So there's a, a wire that is disconnected in your, in your brain. Uh, the Kenny Omega Cornette Twitter fight after was just nonsense and continuing to stoke the flames. It turned wrestling into politics. It felt like if you watch MSNBC, you think what happens on Fox News is bringing down the world. If you watch Fox News, you're probably an idiot. And um, what happened here was just an unfortunate situation that winds up marring wrestling fans in general because it's now we're all painted with the same brush. It's now all these all these wrestling fans are idiots. They think this is real. They're trying to jump the rails. If you don't like the product, don't pay for it. Don't show up. Don't watch it. And if that happens, your impact. <laughs> Rob, what was your low spot this week? Um, now I feel like a fucking idiot going back. Into well, what my low spot of the week was uh, on Raw, uh, Drew McIntyre, who, who I defend to the last breath. Um, the last breath happened on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> this character. What happened? What happened? Oh, my God. So Dude, it's I'm like, just going to lay this out doing with this briefly. Guy. All right. Jinder Mahal pulls up in his motorcycle for the second week in a row to ask his two minions where the sword is. And then he's in the ring talking about, I'm sorry, I stole your sword, Drew. I'm going to give it back to you. And he pulls off a red you know, blanket and the sword is broken. And then they cut to Drew on the screen going, ah, that wasn't my real sword. I watched wrestling enough to know you don't bring anything you love. It was a fake sword. Here's my real sword. And then he destroys Jinder's motorcycle, but can't really do it on a pre-taped show. And he's like pulling at pieces of this. And it just looks like fucking grim death. And I'm like, please let this be the last you see of Drew. And it's not because they do another promo later in the night where he compares himself to Icarus and then abandons the analogy halfway through to just start talking about how he's going to kick everyone's ass at money in the bank. I, 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 maybe this is a meta character that I'm just not getting and it's a commentary on wrestling, but they need to, Drew needs, uh, just please stop putting Drew on TV. I'm begging you. It's, it's slowly killing me. Robert, is he turning heel? Is that what it looks like? I hope. If this is what they think a babyface is, then yes. Uh, this is the, what they the think a Emperor baby has is. no clothes. Vince has totally lost his his marbles. Look, I thought my craziest moment of the week, if you go to the Something to Sports Entertainment with, when Dan and I recapped the AEW show, I talked 
positively about a QT Marshall strap match. We both did. Without so QT, irony. If you're listening to this, Robert and I both put over you and Cody's strap match. You should come on the show. Yes, you're still a piece of shit and a coward who won't come on the show, but it was a great match and we really enjoyed the hell out of it. So you can, I can be objective and see where something is good or bad. This Drew stuff is is grim death. They're really trying to get a sword over. That's kind of cool, dude. Props WWE for trying. I mean, dude, kids are going to stab each other now with uh, <laughs> with their Nobody, brother who's no like a, a big anime fan. <laughs> 55-year-olds are going to stab each other. 55-year-olds are going to take swords to AEW and try to charge the ring. <laughs> oh, man. Someone, um, Neil Wells, one of our our, our fans on WrestleRoast, uh, show, uh, posted that there's a Drew McIntyre Wrecking Slam Cycle vehicle that they just came out with. Oh my so, God. Where he like breaks the motorcycle. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, did I take back my entire Vince... criticism? I love that they, they were using this to whore something out. Like when Braun Strowman destroyed an ambulance and then the next day Mattel released a Braun Strowman with a breakable ambulance. It was a slambulance. <laughs> hey, before we get to uh, me and Scott's love spots, Mike, uh, what, what's checking with the Twitterverse? All right, so this is themed around um, the the Kenny and Cornette stuff. I asked uh, this weekend, uh, what would Kenny have to do to earn Jim Cornette's uh, respect uh, as a wrestler? So here we go. Um, At C. Duran Duran, Kenny would have to turn Donald Trump and Vince Russo into a human centipede. (laughs) At Mr. Walters, 88. Mick finger bang his wife at the Burt 88. Bro, you're gonna need Marco stunt, bro. And bro in his corner, Vince Russo. Bro, Jim Cornette would have to love Kenny Omega, bro. <laughs> at Promographic, uh, Ken says, uh, give that DQ worker a stiff B trigger. <laughs> at Chef Murdoch, rename the Bullet Club to the Bullet Train Club. <laughs> at Dotes Magoats, drive up to Vince Russo's house, order $37 worth of fast food, then proceed to scream at him because he doesn't have any Frosties. <laughs> at he- at Heo Comic, if he could fix Magnum TA's spine so that Magnum could then fuck Cornette's wife in front of him. <laughs> at Bleeding Blue 20, Omega would have to learn to wrestle, figure out what ring psychology is, Cut a non-incomprehensible promo, dress like a grown man, use an actually believable finisher, and start a match with a collar and elbow tie-up. Are you sure that wasn't from WWE Creative-ish? <laughs> that does feel like something I would have said. Can I just say that guy's real name in the movie is Scott? <laughs> oh my god, it's Bizarro Scott. It's like when Urkel becomes Stefan. <laughs> at at uh, T. Halley 15... <laughs> Kenny would have to do something to get on Dark Side of the Ring so Cornette can keep showing off his 80s wrestling posters and collecting those checks from Vice. At Huskers 88, Cornette would have to watch Omega bang his wife while Jim sits in a corner giving match-by-match breakdowns of Strangler Lewis's 1950 title run. (laughs) At Uncle Dion, if Omega starts doing Stan Lane Kung Fu or admits to being Lauren Bobbert's father, at H. Bobbins, instead of wrestling a broomstick, he wrestles a tennis racket. <laughs> At B2AWD, change his name to Kenny Express. Cornette loves anything wrestling with Express in the name. And at Terminal Front, uh, maybe if Kenny wrestled a perfect Southern style 
barn burner with Cody that ended in a time limit draw with both men wearing crimson masks and crying by the end. Or just the banging Cornette's wife answer. <laughs> yeah, probably that. <laughs> <laughs> and there's about 10 of those I didn't read. <laughs> uh, Scott, what was your oh, worst yeah, spot crew. this week? Oh, I mean, yeah, it was going to be what Mike said, I guess. Just like to... But I'll tell you the origin of it. it. It was actually right. It was that morning. It was before the whole that guy said that he he stormed it for Cornette or whatever. I actually I, I never see Cornette's tweets on my Twitter. And then I, I started trying to be more active on the WrestleRoast Twitter this week. So and guys follow us and all that shit. And yeah. I started seeing Cornette's tweets and I started seeing him retweet Brian last tweets. And there was a thing that morning I saw, and it was an exchange between, I think, Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix from like months ago, right? Where they're doing all this acrobatic stuff. And it has that, uh, that song. It's in Pee Wee Herman, but it's like, the breakfast song when he's prepping the breakfast. And I'm sitting there and I'm seeing a really cool exchange happen. And they're laughing about how, look, it looks like it's, like this is circus shit now that the music is here. And I went, people need to learn that uh, being honest does not mean being negative. Uh, being negative makes you a fucking, like being honest makes you go, oh wow, what's the name of that song, Mike? What's the what? name of that? What's the name of that, that, that clown song that they put with it? What, the Pee-wee song? Yeah, that Pee-wee song. I thought you said I the, name the name of, of the song. Oh, I thought you said the name of the song. Well, anyway, um, being honest is going, oh, shit, that song actually goes well with this awesome wrestling because that song's pretty fucking good, too. How many instruments are in this goddamn song? Like That's <laughs> that's what being honest is, is going like, oh, wait, I'm not going to be such a, such a fucking loser that I'm actually going to open myself up to things I'm experiencing and realize that it's pretty goddamn good. And that Ray Phoenix and Nick Jackson exchange is pretty goddamn good. And AEW every week is pretty goddamn good. And if you're just going to be negative, be negative. But don't act like you're being honest. Because it's honestly fucking dope. Thank you, boys. <laughs> the collection plate. I got there. Pastor I got Chaplin there. I was unhappy with what I said earlier. And delete everything. Out. Zach, delete everything I said earlier. That's all I said I love, this episode. I love, I love that, that, that Scott's low point just turned into all of our low point of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my real gonna, low point is that I had to think about it on my goddamn birthday. Uh, my, my, low, my low spot this week. Uh, I've been watching this guy, Marky e. D's YouTube videos. They're very good. Wait, uh, hold on. We're all going to kill ourselves now. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's this British guy named Marky D. He's on YouTube. He's got, he's basically watched all of TNA, all of Impact, all of TNA, and he puts these videos together that gives you an idea of kind of what went wrong in Impact. Um, <laughs> and it's it's fascinating. But like wa watching this, my low spot is just realizing how how much talent TNA wasted. You know, they had the Motor City Machine Guns, Mojo, AJ Styles, Jay Lethal, Robert Rube, James Storm, a Kurt Angle in his prime, Nigel McGinnis, the Young Bucks. Uh, the Young Bucks, they called them Generation Me. Not only do they call them Generation Me, this is the craziest thing that they do, is in the beginning of the episode, Eric Bischoff goes, hey, I want to beat me up some vanilla midgets tonight. And then he beats them. He karate kicks them no. and pins the fucking young bucks. 
Uh, they had the Hurt Business before it was the Hurt Business. Davy Richards, Austin Aris, Frankie Kazarian. Later on, you got Tessa, you got Moose, you got Willie Mack. Um, but, you know, in every single time that they had their, you know, and this is nothing new to everybody, but but every single time they had this amazing, you know, homegrown talent or, you know, somebody like Kurt Angle, uh, who was was not past his prime at all, they would go elsewhere and they would try to bring in these stars of the past. I mean, we forget that like, dude, one of the signings, like, which is, which should be no surprise, but one of the signings when Hogan came on board were the nasty boys, man. I mean, like, yeah, man. It, it it's, it is like, first off, Hogan's the best friend ever. Like you cannot have a better friend than Hulk Hogan with the amount of people that guy would still get hired each time. Um, he's the only reason that Leslie hasn't killed himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody's better. Like nobody's a better friend than Hulk Hogan, but it is, uh, it really is. And no one's a worse friend than Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? One thing that is kind of a blast is, is Foley hits Bubba the Love Sponge and he really fucking decks him, man. He really, he really decks the shit out of him. You can see it online. Um, Did it yeah, come I mean, Kong beat the shit out of him too in real life, right? Back yeah, today. yeah, yeah. He he was not in the beginning, and also then Bubba the Love Sponge joined the new NWO, which was the band with. Ke- I mean, there's just so much meat on the bone as far as if like you want to study, and it, and it made me actually it was a little bit of a high spot because it made me appreciate like wow, SmackDown is really good, Dynamite's really good, NXT has a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, Ron and- is on Monday nights. <laughs> well, yeah, when you realize the company, realize the company had both CM Punk and Okada, and couldn't do anything with either of them. Yeah, Okada was a Green Lantern character. He was Kato. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's it is. I mean, like I have no idea who who these videos are for. No, they're for Mike Lawrence and me. These are what these videos are for. Like, if if you want to like just waste time for hours like watch these videos because it really it does it's 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 like the billy joel we didn't start the fire song like yeah he says he says that that many he he gives you that much information in that short amount of a time but like he'll he'll go into the whole thing of like mick foley's time in tna rick flair's time in tna and it's it's just it's bonkers dude it is bonkers it's also because it's that weird thing that you slowly realize where look like Wrestling podcasts, there's great ones all over the world, but British people control wrestling YouTube. Like, they got that <laughs> shit on lock. Um, and it's also amazing because the way they talk about it, like, you often think that they think all of American culture is, like, what they see on wrestling. It feels like like it's often an indictment of all of the U.S. when you just want to be like, no one's watching this here. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's, like, two weeks of TNA that were good. You know, like, there's... Even before they moved to Spike and it was just the NWA version of TNA, that's crazy, man. There's crazy stuff that happens on there. Road Dog's about to have a match and he goes, I'm going to do me some gay bashing and beats up a gay wrestler where <laughs> a guy's pretending to be gay. Like, this is, we get Orlando Jordan as a cheerleader. I mean, there is just, like, so much crazy shit that happens on Impact. It really is, like... It, it probably is the word. It probably will go down like longevity wise. If you want to, if you want to look at the money put into it and the talent involved, I think it's probably worse than WCW. And it's not even just the talent in front of the camera. It's the talent behind the scene. I mean, Tanae on commentary was 
solid. Taz, he's when he really cared, good. was really good. Jeremy Borash, who I'm so happy in NXT has been able to show his worth. That dude is a fantastic producer. And a lot of the best stuff you saw in Impact came from him, but it was swimming upstream. Even on the creative side, you had, yes, you had Russo, but you had Jim Cornette, you had Bruce Pritchard, you had the majority of people who, at Bischoff, you had the majority of people who wrote wrestling over the last 30 years work there. And it was still an absolute train wreck that is still in existence today, yeah. which is ridiculous. Dude, yeah, they Hogan's have like literally one of the best wrestlers in the world there frequently, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, including including guys on this show who would have sex with that guy. <laughs> I don't hey, know what the- you're referencing. <laughs> Hogan, Hogan's last moment is so crazy in that company. His last moment is literally him walking out as Dixie Carter holds onto his legs, begging him to stay. It is. <laughs> Like everything that we shit on with 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 AEW, WWE, WCW, there's they don't fucking hold like one Roman candle to goddamn TNA, dude. It is it is unbelievable. I'll, I'll say this though, going back to Angle, and because I didn't I didn't really talk about it. That Angle debut, I remember they they aired a video the week or maybe a month before he debuted. I forget how long it was, but when that video dropped, and then he it it's him. Woo, that was crazy. And it was crazy because TNA had like the most talented in-ring dudes. They just for I mean, look, they had a lot of duds, but AJ, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, because the entire X division, Amazing Red was doing wild shit that nobody was doing. And that was like the whole X division. I mean, unfortunately, you know, everything else was really, really bad. But there was a part of it that you went, man, if you focused on this, something could happen. And then, yeah, Hogan showed up. Like, yeah, even their main Hogan. event stuff. I mean, Abyss was a really he was a really great rep for a big man. He's the, he's the one that got away for Vince. They tried to make a play for him. They, they didn't. I think Dixie Carter is basically Tony Khan in like a Black Mirror episode. Like this is the worst case yeah. scenario for him. Well, you know of- what it is? It's like it's like Dixie Carter. Well, yeah, like it's Hulk Hogan got to her and then, you know, the Bucks, Cody and Omega got to Khan. So, you know, it's going to be a worse show. There's going to, you know, because Hulk Hogan is your young Bucks. I mean, what the cr- the craziest thing about Dixie's tenure there is still like hurt like their tv deal was in the balance at, at spike and spike was like we don't like vince russo we don't want vince russo part of this please uh please don't hire vince russo and she secretly hired vince russo and then i think cc'd spike on an email where they saw it and then a year later they were on destination america it is it is just fucking unbelievable the talent they squandered and the opportunities they had. You know, like AJ stuff like you think AJ's good now. I mean, you know, he was great in New Japan too, but I mean like, you know, it, it was a different AJ then, but you know, even in the first match he does all these amazing things in the first TV match they have and then he loses to Jimmy Wang Yang, you know? Yeah. It, it, and then it, they gave him Claire Lynch. So, you know, they did yeah. everything they could to ruin Amazing. I remember Samoa Joe's character at one point was he has a knife. That was his whole character. They painted his face and he had a giant machete. Well, you know, it was interesting when we were when we were doing the, the research for Angle. Um, 
I mean, I knew that Angle had been in TNA for a couple years. I didn't know it was 10. And it's like, here's a guy who, you know, we all said great shit about. Like, I fucking love him. I think he's one of the best ever. I have no desire to watch most of that content. <laughs> no, in ever. my mind, Kurt Angle retired in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't need to watch the new main event mafia return. And there was like five versions of that. First, there was SEX, Vince Russo's faction. Then there was the main event. No, then there was a mortal, then main event mafia, and then aces and eights. They just kept like. Well, there was fortune. There was fortune too. I mean, I, guys, I mean, you... a company with all these stables, it's like it's impossible to watch and keep track of them. Uh, when is uh, Dynamite this week, by the way? <laughs> I was gonna, I was literally saying, gonna say a bunch of factions and ex WWE guys. I mean, has on commentary, yeah. It is kind of fun. I, the one thing that it's, it, it is a fun watch though, to watch these videos because it's like it's just like seeing these guys get it, like literally, like just get essentially just get a handout you know like especially like like nash and hall come to the ring dressed as elvis like i'm just like none of these guys just they were just like oh just fucking we're this we're gonna get whatever we want out of this company say what you want about it unlike the wwe network if you had access to the tna network and go back and watch their shows and pay-per-views you'd be infinitely more entertained <laughs> i think the constant just like watching a car wreck and being like i can't believe this really happened every single week would be a lot more fun than going back and watching a raw from 2010. There's also a great when they were on FS1, like was it like th Fridays at like three or four or something? And that was like their first TV show. Because remember, was it at the beginning they were like ten dollar pay per views? Like it was ten dollar pay per views. Then they were on like the Fox Sports affiliates. Yeah, so they yeah, were I on a different that. time everywhere. Whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, they landed the spike deal. They were in Destination America. They're the reason I knew what Pop TV was. Which is great because like they get they put pop on the map, then pop gets Shits Creek. So it's like, you know, and now they're on, I think, Access TV. Yeah. They're which, on Access, they're on Twitch. I think you can get them on YouTube now for a dollar a month. You can watch impacts as they happen. Dan, please don't spend a dollar a month on impacts. I'm begging you. <laughs> but well, and also, also like you know, you, Mike, you, you gotta check this out. It's the video, the worst ways the TNA spent money and they were like paying Pac-Man Jones like 25 grand a pop. Johnny Fairplay got a six-figure contact contract two years in a row. Tito Ortiz, they paid through the nose to build up a, a match between him and Rampage Jackson that was going to be on TNA, not even on impact. And then the match didn't happen. It is like they even they even like, they even had Dan Lambert come to the ring and talk about how good wrestling used to be. <laughs> Never want to see that again. I mean, look, it's, it's it, it, AEW and TNA. Are, they're on different planets as far as like, as, as far as um, having to spend money, but it, it was, it, it really is fascinating. So, I, I mean, if anyone's just kind of Scott, looking what for. What were you going to say? Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> the trick Mike learned to get Dan off a rant. If he just interrupted, Scott, sorry, did you try to say oh, something? Oh, yeah, I remember Kurt Angle <laughs> rules. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, next week we've got the Rose Uh Here's our show in hell next week. It's a little bit different. It's called What's More Fucked? What Snitsky did to Lita's baby or what Mike or what Heinrich did to Michael Cole? And we'll be <laughs> tweeting both of those videos out. 
Uh, hey, also, how post- about this? How about this? And it's Friday, so you'll know already, but I'm saying it here, and I, I just thought of this. There is an IWGP United States title match on Dynamite. Uh, we're airing this on Tuesday. If uh, Jay White or someone that I can sit, if a significant New Japan um, roster member shows up during that match, I will do something on the Patreon where I just flip out for 15 minutes and just put it on the Patreon. But how much I loved it. Well, we taped this on uh, Tuesdays, and you're saying that tomorrow that's going to happen. And so- no, I'm saying it, yeah, if it happens, they'll get it like Sunday. You know, they'll get it. I'm just saying they'll get it. Okay. I'm just saying you'll get it, guys. But if it didn't happen, sorry, guys. Well, folks, follow us on Twitter. None of that. I don't know. Let's get on out of here. Instagram, become a, 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 a Facebook fan page member. Leave us a five-star review. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the fall. Uh, we should have shirts coming soon. Just a lot of stuff to be on the lookout for, folks. Uh, Wrestle Roasts, full speed ahead. Mike, what do you got to plug? Um, you could just, uh, you know, Mike Lawrence uh, comedy on Instagram. And yeah, come to our Facebook page on Wrestle Roast and, and our Twitter page. Uh, you know, we always do a question of the week. Um, I will, I'll post uh, the next one on Sunday during the pay-per-view. So just keep a lookout for that. And uh, we always love reading your answers. They're always funny. So thanks, guys. Scotty. Uh, Scott underscore Chaplin on, on Twitter and Instagram, mostly Instagram. Uh, and Wrestle Roast Twitter, man. I'm going to be using it more. Robert, be like Kurt Angle and not like Mike Lawrence and follow me on Twitter at WWE creative yeah. underscore ISH. Um, uh, go back and listen to this. Something to sports entertainment with that Dan and I did last week, breaking down great American bash and road rager was a hell of a lot of fun. And there was a very TNA moment in the AEW sh- uh, show that we cover involving Malachi black that uh, I know we didn't touch on it here. It's well worth going back and taking a listen on that. And, uh, is it Thanks where they for, can't figure out what his name is? It's when they can't figure out what his name is for. Oh, there a very goes the extra five dollars, Mike. No, no, it, it gets a little into it, but I yeah. don't see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mercenary, I like. Zach, it. cut that. Cut all. Cut the last half hour. Honestly, once we started talking about TNA, what what's happening? Zach's Who's still here? This turned into a wrestling podcast. Yeah, it turned into a wrestling podcast at the end. Yeah. We can't have that. Zach, what was your favorite part of SmackDown? When Edge beat up the Uso that we all demanded get fired, and then he didn't, and we didn't say it was our low spot. When Edge said, wash your hands. (laughs) Hey, look, I forgot about it because it was handled. It was actually a pretty good angle. Yeah, man, I'm glad he's got his job. D-U-I, (laughs) D-U-I. Let's party. Let's get out of here. All right, have a good one, folks. Wash your hands. (laughs) 